The funny thing about the podcast host-guest dynamic is that when you break it all down, we're really both just people, which is why there's nothing inappropriate about me pitching a comedy campaign concept to my guest in the middle of our interview, which is supposed to be about them. Is there? This is my conversation with Melissa Tom. What if the truth came in a gel cap and we could just pop it in our mouths and forget about it? Well, it doesn't. And we can't. But we can laugh in the face of reality while plotting our survival. Welcome to the Truth Tastes Funny podcast. I am your host, Hirsch Repun. And if my guests can handle the truth, so can you. Open wide, folks. Here it comes. My guest today is Melissa Tong. She's a three-time best-selling author on Amazon, chief creative officer and founder of Duck Punk Productions, and also an experienced speaker and an experienced trainer of speakers. Melissa, thank you so much for being on the show today. It's good to see you. Yeah, it's good to see you as well. It's been a while. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I'm having you on for a partially selfish reason because I want to know what you've been up to. We have worked together in the past. You've produced commercials for for very, very big brands, numerous brands. What are you up to right now? I'm still doing those. But on top of that, I have been doing storytelling training for corporations. And I find that very fulfilling, actually, because... A lot of the really, really big Fortune 100, of course, you know, they don't need a crash course on storytelling, but there's still a lot of small to medium-sized businesses that I find they have absolutely no clue when it comes to storytelling. And let me give you an example. I worked with a company who has been around for 75 years. They sell air conditioning and heating units, and they originally hired me to do a video for them. And I said, okay, great. You know, you should have a video, but what do you want your video to show? They said, well, you know, we want to show that we are better and bigger than one of our biggest competitors because they just had a video done. So we want to create something like that, similar, but to show that we are bigger and better. And I say, well, what is bigger and better, right? Does it really, really help you draw in customers just by showing you bigger and better? They go, oh, yeah, of course, you know, the bigger, the bigger, the, the bigger, the better. The bigger, right? the bigger, the better. Well, I was like, okay, well, I don't think that is the right approach. Let's, let's kind of take a step back and think about it. They go, okay, well, there's not much to think about. We're very clear on what we sell. So that's what we want. I say, okay, let, let's just, you know, let's just step back and, and, and have a session and, and talk about it. So in a session, I made them realize that. The heating and air conditioning units are the tools they used to sell. But what they truly sell, it's not that. And they were like, yeah. no way. We've been selling that for 75 years. You can't tell us that's not what we sell. I mean, that, that's yeah. all. I mean, you're high. You, you, that cannot be that. <laughs> There's nothing else. That's what we yeah. sell, right? So finally, they agreed with me. And then what they truly sell is comfort. Yeah. So from there, we were able to craft a tagline for them, which is no matter the weather, we make it better. And Uh from there, we were able to really focus on a story for the video. Now we have a story. Right. Before, we didn't have a story. 
okay, bigger and better, like it's so abstract, right? It, it doesn't really do anything. Right. It has no focus, you know? But now that they understand, okay, all right. So now we have a different, you know, now we're talking to the customers. It's a completely new conversation. You know, they no longer say, right. oh, do you need a, you know, do you have an air conditioning unit? Do you have a heating unit? Do you need a new one? It's no longer about that, right? Now it is about, okay, how much comfort can we bring to your home? Because they completely you know, right. need to see. So now the whole conversation is different. Sometimes they started by going into just doing maintenance for the units. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they just go in by changing the filter in the units. But, but see, once you establish the trust, once they're a customer, unless you do something to mess it up, they're going to call you when they need something bigger done, right? Right. So it's, it's, it's a whole new right. approach for them. And they have been doing it for 75 years, the same approach, you see? Never thought about changing until someone like me walked in and said, hey, you don't sell what you sell, <laughs> you know? So. Right. Well, they need the perspective. Right. They need, they need perspective of someone who hasn't been doing what they've been doing for 75 years. If they've been doing it for 75 years, they're convinced that whatever they're doing works. Correct. If if they're a startup in a new company, they're convinced that whatever anybody did for 75 years doesn't work. So you would have the reverse problem. You would say, well, here's something that might work for you. And they'll go, well, no, we don't want to do what anybody else does. I I face that a lot with, with the storytelling that I do. For many years, as you know, I was focused on PR, kind of in the niche of people in commercial production and post. Then I expanded into creative direction and worked directly with brands. But now it really is about, I realized also, it's about, I'm a, I t- help them tell their story. And my thing is that I, I have an ear for their voice. So I, I know what they, what they want to sound like. But you're facing a thing where they think they know what they want to sound like, right. but they, they don't necessarily know. Yeah. Or you know, there's a better uh, or there's a better outcome that they completely not aware of. What have you seen in the past several years in terms of the evolution of the brand consumer relationship? Has that changed? It's it I, I think it's changed, especially COVID. Yeah. Really, I think it really pushes people to to look at how they spend their money. Because, I mean, regardless of what you want to buy, there are always tons of different brands giving you a similar product or similar service. But at the end of the day, which company do you want to give your money to? Right? So I think it comes down to that. And then as a company, if you don't really have a bigger vision or mission, I'd say, then it's going to make it harder for you to continue to connect with your audience and convince them that they should buy you. That's what I think. So I think the right. more, the more, the more, you know, if, if you have a bigger idea, if you have a bigger mission or vision behind your brand, I think it's going to make it so much easier because then you have, then your customers have something to buy into. They no longer just yeah. looking at you. And thinking, okay, okay, well, I need that, but why should I buy from this company versus somebody else? Well, younger consumers, especially, you know, are I think everybody's kind of dubious about or suspicious about brands and their motives. 
and what they sell and whether they're really bigger and better. Exactly, <laughs> you know, right? You have to give them the substance mm -hmm. and that's a story. You know, you have a background in, in broadcasting, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you were a newscaster when you started out. So you know about the audience as a consumer of news and entertainment, not just not just products. What do you think of the media landscape today, the state of, of journalism and news today? Well, sadly to say that I actually stopped watching news because yeah. news to me is not what it used to be. You know, news to me has become very sensational. And yeah. it has sort of, at least to me, has sort of stepped away from from journalism a little bit, actually, you know, before yeah. when I was in it and, and it was like 20 something years ago and you're kind of bound to, to, to tell it like, like you bound to do your research, right? You bound to like really dig up what the story is. And then it, you have to sort of say it, you know, like nothing but the truth, right? It's not yeah. about bending the truth. It's not about making it sensational so that you have more viewership, right? It, it's not about that. But now the whole news landscape has changed. Now it's no longer about that. It's, it's kind of sad. Well, the shows that were, yeah, it is sad. Yeah. The shows that were tabloid journalists back then are mainstream now. Right. You know, that's what it feels like that the, the you know, the networks that, the shows that were all about the, you know, and those those quote unquote journalists went on to become main newscasters. And so the, the, even regardless of whatever side of the, of an issue you're on, the takeaway is that there's no, there's no truth that is absolute. Right. Because there's no standard of truth that we, exactly. we know this. I mean, this isn't any, anything new, but it is sad. Um, and it leaves us with actually fewer sources to to turn to. If you can't believe the news media, then how how suspicious are you going to be about advertisers? And and also, people are, you know, from your point of view, from someone as someone who works with both advertisers when you're producing their commercials and you're working with agencies, and also someone who works directly with brands and probably with entrepreneurs as well. What's the mood out there right now? The mood is everyone is trying to cut through the noise to get to as many customers yeah. as possible. And some people are doing a better job and some people are not doing a very good job. And most people have no clue how to get there. That to me is the mood. Yeah, it, it's it's kind of when you say that they don't have a clue how to get there. So when you're when you're when you're training people in 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 speaking and in communicating, what what where do you start with with a client? I really have to start from scratch with a lot of them because some of them have never really had a story put together about their brand at all. So I would have to start from scratch and really figure out why did they start the business in the first place? Like, 
like why yeah. right and some of the people that to to this day they will still give me answers like oh i inherited my the company from my parents right or i got it or took it over or something right or i i bought a franchise or, or all these things but at the end of the day there has to be a deeper reason why you're attracted to that particular business regardless of how you got it right whether you bought it or inherited it, it it doesn't really matter there's something there's something about the business that that you were drawn to and most of them don't even realize it and sometimes that that reason could stem from something happened in their childhood so a lot of times when i work with especially you know smaller size businesses when it's owner operated I tend to go down a, a big memory lane with them. I take them all the way back. Uh -huh. And then I real and then I made them realize that, oh wow, I didn't realize because of you know, this thing happened when I was nine years old. Now I become this. And now I have this business. A lot of people have no clue. Yeah. Yeah. But it really goes way back. Yeah. What, well, take us back, for, like for you, you followed a through line of communication, first and foremost, storytelling, even as you said in one of your videos, when you didn't even know you were telling stories all that time. What's the, what's the origin of that going back to your childhood? You see, it's funny you ask that because I am the, I'm the oldest in both my, on my mom and on my dad's side. So in a way, I, you know, I was the first grandkid, you know, growing up. And because I, I'm, I, I, I am the only one for a while, then my mom used to make me sit there and just, you know, like at family functions and sit there and just, just watch. So I used to watch all these adults, you know, talking going back and forth in front of me and I was able to tell who was telling the truth who was not I don't know how <laughs> maybe because so that was like a, yeah it was sort of like, it was like a game that you but I play with myself I mean I, I've never told oh, my mom okay. about it so I was sitting there watching okay so and so you know this uncle this aunt yeah I'm my me I mean my mom has a huge family so it's her uncles and her aunts you know so it's just a lot of different, you know, relatives and everyone, you know, has a very colorful, especially all the women, they all have a very, very, very colorful story to tell each other. And I could yeah. tell, oh, okay, well, they're not really telling the truth. So, and so it's like embellishing and lying and so, and so it's really telling the truth. I was just kind of watching and, and. So you were a journalist. Fun. You, were a, you were a you're an investigative reporter. See, I didn't know. I was just like I was like a few years old. I was very young, and little did I know that you know I ended up working as a storyteller. Yeah, it's, it's funny. I never would well, have you thought. It, it is funny. <laughs> you don't know exactly how it's going to manifest. No, I had no clue. You know, but it but it it somehow did. But it showed yeah. up somewhere. We could do it. We could do an episode of Truth Tastes Funny where we have family members of yours come on and they tell stories and we try to see if they're if they're true or yeah. not. And then you tell us what, what the truth is. I might become very unpopular. 
you're right. Right? The truth isn't proper. Exactly. That's the biggest, going yeah. back to the journalism thing, that's the biggest problem right now is truth isn't yeah, popular. It doesn't sound. Right. Nobody wants to hear it. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we, all we did during the pandemic as a, as a society all over the world was complain, was complain about what we were hearing. Like it, whether if it was bad news, we didn't like it. If it was good news, we didn't believe it. It had to be the opposite. We were like opposite people. We wanted to hear the opposite of what we were being told, unless we were being told by, by the one person that we trusted. Everybody has like the one person they try. And then whatever that person tells us, we believe. Yeah. That's why I stopped watching MSNBC. I used to, you know, I used to watch MSNBC all the time. And I felt like I was just feeding myself whatever I wanted to right. hear. That's what I wanted to hear. So that's what I would watch. And then like you, I just stopped watching news altogether. And now I watch, you know, there was a time when it was going on in the background all day long. Like obviously starting in like 2015. Mm -hmm. I was like having the, the, the news on in the background all day long, and I was reluctant to turn it off. And then I would be like, ah, I'm not really listening, or I turn the sound no, off. No, but, but you're still listening. They're conscious. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still being fed what I want exactly. to hear. If I were on a business trip, it would be on the TV off to the side, and I'm working, and but it's there. It's, a, it's playing. Right. Every now and then, I'll, how much time did I waste? On something that didn't change my opinion or my level of knowledge or information, it just it, it just pinned me yeah. up. It just got me worked up, yeah. got me worked up. So I would then go on Facebook and, and post some something that I thought anybody <laughs> cared about. You did two things on Facebook during the years of like 2015 to to 2020. You did you did a couple of things. You either went on on a rant or you went on to apologize for a right. rant where you went on to comment on somebody else's right. rant. Those are the, 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 main the three things, things you mm -hmm. could do. Yeah. And then it's like, what is the, you know, that, that is why I have the, the podcast now because I can hear from other people and I can also, I have a platform that's organized as opposed to, you know, just, just ranting. And I do want people to hear this podcast and that's why I, I'm marketing it, or at least I'm at the the part of the the beginning of the effort to market it aggressively, because I feel like that's if it's it's going to be a value to 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 some some audience that I've that I feel I relate to, and hopefully they don't all have my opinions, and you know, and I and I and I hope that it's that it's helpful. Do you work with or come across a lot of brands that? Um, that have a purpose-driven element or a cause marketing element where they have some some social action or something they're trying to accomplish? Well, everyone is trying. And sometimes they yeah. may or may not have it. Like, for example, I did a storytelling training for Western LAX. So I asked them, okay, do you have a do you have a deeper purpose? And they said, well, not really, you know, I, I didn't realize that the Western hotels could be individually owned, although they're part of the big Marriott. Oh, yeah, I, I didn't know, know that. that, you know, before working yeah. with them. And they said, no, you know, the, the owner decided to get into the hotel business and they love, they love the brand and, and, and they like being part of Marriott. So they, they 
bought it. But no, there's no, there's nothing really, you know, bigger than what it is. And I said, okay, that's all right, right? At least you're honest about it. So at the end of the day, we shifted how they sell themselves. They used to say, oh, we have hotel stays. We have special events. We have corporate events. We have weddings. We have blah, blah, blah. The list goes on, right? So now instead of saying all that, they say, we at Western LAX, we have customizable, we provide customizable experiences. So what are in, in, okay. individual just looking for a couple of nights, right, to stay in town, or your corporate trying to do your, you know, events to market a certain product or, or service, or you want to have a wedding, right? I mean, they have it all. They even actually have a screening room that they never even advertise. I didn't even know they had one. Yeah. yeah they had a pretty decent sized screening room on premise. Yeah, oh. exactly. So now yeah. they say, wait, we offer customizable experiences. What do you need? You see, again, it's, it's about changing the conversation. And because we're able to do that, yeah. now they have a new tagline for 2022, which is achieve your vision. So again, the you know whether you individual or corporate whatever vision you have they can help you achieve but it also works on the internal sales side because whatever vision they have for themselves at the company they could also achieve so it worked both ways right so they are like over the moon about it yeah are they do they have at any of the hotels the Westin or that you know of the like live events like live music or you know how they some of the hotels started to cater to the millennial travel right. and they would have like, you know, a, a, a band come and come and play in the Yeah, I mixers. don't think they have. Well, at least when I was there a couple months ago, I don't think they have a live band at, yet, but it's been a couple months. So I don't know what plans they have going into the summer, right? Because now that most people are starting to open up and come back to in-person right. events, right? Yeah, maybe 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 that's that's part of their plan now. I mean, in some, I don't, I just don't know. Well, I have an idea that I'm going to share on the podcast now because I've been working on it for a couple of years. I was working on it pre-pandemic. You know, I also do stand-up mm -hmm. comedy, and I had a an idea where I would I would gather comedians and make a deal with a with a, a hotel chain, and they would the comedians would travel around the country and play at their venue mm, at their hotels. Okay. You know, right. at all these hotels. And of course, you'd have tie-ins with, you know, rent-a-cars, airlines, right. all that stuff. And it would be called Road Buddies, Road Buddies, at, because comedians are like business travelers. They travel alone. They go for a few days. They need, they want a, a certain experience. Then they move on. And and I thought it would be a great opportunity for a, for a hotel that wanted to present something new. And of course you have all the content, the social media content, the travelogue type content and all that. Ooh. And my tagline is, um, get ready for, or it's time for a meaningful relationship. Okay. So that, so that the, the, the road idea that they're going from town to town and they're itinerant and kind of everything's transitory is tied into the idea of having a relationship with a certain hotel. Ooh, chain. I like that. So that's, that's my thing. But thank you. But that well, maybe you can help sell that yeah, to, uh, to, to a hotel yeah. chain. Um, I always leave the door open on the show to to collaborations and and actual results that that we can make happen because that's what it's 
what it's always yeah, about it's is always about happen. yeah like collaborating you like yeah, absolutely yeah collaborate with people you like and also keep your mind open to to new ideas and put ideas out there if you don't throw it out there it just doesn't you know it doesn't go anywhere we started to, yeah. to get yeah we started to to make some headway into we were going to do a spec spot i guess for it but you know then the pandemic hits and then our idea was oh maybe we'll do a drive-in comedy show or something like that but the drive-in comedy shows what happened was it did work a little like around the election when people started honking at right. rallies it works for rallies. It doesn't work so well for stand-up comedy. No, I, I would agree. You're yeah. telling a joke. Yeah. You're telling a punchline and the cars okay. start honking. Yeah. You know, it just didn't. But but someone like you knows what the what the audience might like and what they might respond to, the consumer. And you certainly have a, a good track record of convincing the brands to take another look at their, you know, at their kind of preconceptions of, of who they yeah, are. Yeah, absolutely. I, I like you know. the idea. Certainly, you know, yeah, as ground to explore. Yes, of course. Thank you. Yeah, of course. I didn't plan on this being a pitch meeting. <laughs> I didn't know you worked with Weston, so it didn't really, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't in my notes. That's not it wasn't in my yeah. plans. But anyway, so I know shifting gears for a second, I know you're also very, active in in women's issues and social action social justice issues so what's on your mind today oh with what's uh, what's going on out there <laughs> today it's not a good day for women i mean no. It's, no i i was sort of like wow this is really happening and it's it's yeah. so sad because i read someone's comment and it it this rings so true to me like okay so the supreme court can decide if a woman should you know carry her baby or not right but yet the supreme court cannot decide if people should own guns that kill people i like that is so true right that is so true what kind of a country yeah. we have become you know and yeah and it's 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 today it's definitely not a good day for women but at the same time, I feel like <clears throat> with with everything that's going on, at the same time, we cannot just give up. I mean, we have to keep fighting. Yeah. We have to keep pushing. And who knows? I mean, you know, I, I definitely don't want to just, you know, say, okay, whatever, and be done with that. The problem is that if we throw in the towel on this, then who's next? Right. It's the same as with, as with, you know, when we're worried about, about authoritarianism and, and fascism and where's the country going and what, you know, the problem with democracy becoming so slippery and becoming so, and granted, women are half of our mm -hmm. population. So, of course, that's a, a huge right. setback, but we as a society have to understand the implications of removing the rights of a segment of the population. And what does that mean? Who's going to be next? You know, is it going to be people who immigrated into the country? Is it going to be people of a certain faith? Is it going to be people of a certain color and background? What's it going to be? They're going to, and who's, and if you think about the, the relatively small 
group of people who are who who managed to manipulate uh-huh. this and force this through you know it's we're ceding power to to you know the the i don't i try not to get political on this show but i but i i will simply observe that we're that this was if this this was accomplished by the same people who want to overthrow the government, right, right. <laughs> the, the democratic system of government. I mean, that's not a judgment. Maybe that's a good thing. Right. Maybe we maybe we don't deserve democracy. Maybe maybe from a different point of view, you know, Xi Jinping may you know may be right. Like I like I I don't know <laughs> everything. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm not um, you know I'm not trying to force my opinion on anybody. Yeah. I welcome on the show. I will. I actually will put it out there that I welcome on this show someone who supports this decision and sees the value in it because I also think that re- respectful dialogue, even funny dialogue, like that's what I use comedy for in life is to get through the day right. sometimes. Sometimes you have to stop and laugh to. and laugh at, right. you know, even even the most serious right. things. So I welcome all all opinions on this show. But I am. I was curious to get feedback from you because I know it's it's something. These issues are of great importance to you. It is, and and like I said, I don't, I don't really have any plans. I don't know what I can do, but I'm definitely not giving up because it is it is a right. it is a very very big issue and i've actually seen people commenting even on linkedin you know like not not long ago i was i was reading this comment you know from a guy and he was saying that you know he and his wife had to make the the most difficult decision ever in their lives about aborting the baby because there was something wrong with it and 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 even if they carry full terms and 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 right it it was just not going to be a you know a good outcome, so they decided to abort it. Right. So there's there are different situations that people don't even think about. You know, people people right now they think very black and white, right? Okay, abortion versus no abortion. But but there's so many different grays that people are not aware of. Yeah. And I think I think once you start listening to a lot of these stories that the other people tell, then you realize, oh, this issue is not so just black and white. And right. and and it is a huge set. So yeah, I, I don't really know I don't really know how how to move on from here, really. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Well, to circle to circle back around to the advertising world, which is where our conversation started and where our backgrounds are, you know, to a great extent professionally, I think with everything we've seen happen, nothing happens in a vacuum. This decision has been a while on the, on our radar, obviously for, you know, not even before the leak, you know, but we're, we've been watching all these different things come to pass. And I think that advertisers are in a different place now where they don't have the luxury of sitting on the sidelines of major issues, and this will be similar. Now, of course, certain brands can sit it out. No one's going to care what they think about about certain things. But you know, it'll start to come out. It'll start to be you know Nike and you know other advertisers who are already invested in in equality and 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 
fair representation. And I think that the trends that have already been put in motion in a, in a, in a positive sense will be tested now because these issues are going to start to play out over every single. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Deal. And I hope that, you know, brands will actually take a stand because it is yeah. too big of an issue for them not to. And some of them may think, oh, you know, people don't care, blah, blah, blah. It's not true. People do care, you know? And the fact that you are showing where you stand will help people decide whether or not they want to continue to buy from you. And it may hurt for a while, but at the same time, you cannot hide behind what you stand for anymore, in a way. I mean, you know, I mean, with social media and, and, and a lot of brands have been found out. So it's, I think it's better to come clean, you know, whether you're pro or not pro versus, you know, hiding behind the fact and, and not picking a stand. Yeah, I agree. And, and it's not, it's not the most comfortable situation to be in, but that's another, that's another part of, you know, like going back to your to your childhood days, calling out liars at parties. It's, <laughs> it's not, it's not comfortable. It's not comfortable. It's not yeah. comfor- truth. Yeah. It's not comfortable, but you know what? It's, it's a relief in a way once it's, once right. it's out there on the, on the table. And, and the fact is that for, for an advertiser to take a position is, should be in many ways a relief to them because they may not have reconciled how they even felt at a, as a governing board of a, of a corporation, right. let's say. They hadn't had to think about right. it. And sometimes they make a decision that we don't like and we might not you know, patronize that brand anymore. But that, do, that doesn't mean they made the wrong decision. Right. It means they came to terms with what they right, believe. Exactly. And if it's, if it, and, and that's what you do in a lot of ways is, Help a brand understand what they believe, right. and it's to stay true to them. Figure exactly. out exactly, yeah, yeah. Stay, stay through true it. it. Yeah, bigger isn't always better. Yeah, it's not about bigger you know? and better. And, exactly. And yeah, it's not yeah. about bigger and better. It's about comfort. Yeah. And so, you know, I think that's awesome. What are you working on? I never know what I never know what's next. But all I know is right. I want to continue to do storytelling training for brands. I also want to create some sort of storytelling training programs for women business owners, because I think it's important that you start somewhere and it, it doesn't matter what size your business is. You know, the thing is you have to start somewhere. You have to really look at what you truly sell. Because I think once you figure that piece out, it could be a game changer. And you can't just be selling what you think you're selling. Thanks so much for tuning into Truth Tastes Funny. If you enjoyed the experience, please leave a five-star review and share this podcast with your friends.